Make sure we're ready. All right, you guys. Welcome back to, gosh, we're on episode three here uh, at Sacred Anarchy Live. And we've got an awesome conversation to have today about personal responsibility. So before we kind of go into our whole spiel, our whole conversation today, I just want to give everybody a warm welcome. Thank you so much for your current subscriptions on our BitChute and Rumble account. So if you are brand new to our new uh, live stream, which is happening every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can catch the replays as we are going to be building upon building every single episode. So I do recommend, or we should, we recommend that you watch them in order. Um, you'll get a better sense of what sacred anarchy is all about, which was episode one. And then this concept of to obey or not to obey, which was really about disobedience as the solution. Um, and then today we're going to be talking about personal responsibility. So be sure to check out uh, the Sacred Anarchy Rumble and BitChute. You can just type in Sacred Anarchy, um, bitchute.com forward slash Sacred Anarchy, and the same thing with Rumble. We also have uh, a Telegram group. So if you want to join us on Telegram, uh, you can join us there. Uh, all of that information is going to be below this video uh, if you're watching it on BitChute and Rumble. Um, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get into today's conversation. First, I want to welcome Chad. How are you doing? There I am. Good evening. Awesome. All right. So we want to celebrate this concept, which is personal responsibility. And honestly, this is probably where a lot of people are going to get some hiccups because personal responsibility is pretty much how we got here because the lack of personal responsibility has been uh, the result of lack of morality in our culture, in society. It has to do with doing the right thing. What is the right thing? Um, there's a lot of gray areas here, but again, personal responsibility has to do with you upholding your own creed, uh, you knowing what is right and what is wrong. I mean, things as simple as putting a cart back at the grocery store. So why don't we share this, uh, uh, what is this, this article that you've got here? Oh, yes. It's, uh, this is a great little Reddit thread meme I found this week. Um, it is the, uh, I'll, I'll read it since it's so small, but uh, it's the sh called the shopping cart theory and it's the rule to self-governing. So the shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. To return the shopping cart is an easy, convenient task and one which we all recognize as the correct, appropriate thing to do. To return the shopping cart is objectively right. There are no situations other than dire emergencies in which a person is not able to return their cart. Simultaneously, it is not illegal to abandon your shopping cart. Therefore, the shopping cart presents itself as the apex example of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. No one's going to punish you for not returning the sharp shopping cart. No one will fine you or kill you for not returning a shopping cart. You gain nothing by returning the shopping cart. You must return the shopping cart out of the goodness of your own heart. 
you must return the shopping cart because it is the right thing to do because it is correct. A person who is unable to do this is no better than an animal, an absolute savage who can only be made to do what is right by threatening them with a law and the force that stands behind that law. The shopping cart is what determines whether a person is a good or bad member of society. So essentially, if if you are unable to do such a menial, simple task as putting away a shopping cart after you go to a grocery store, are you capable of living in a voluntary society where everyone has to live and uphold a moral standard of what is good and what is right? Basic, uh, basic things we're talking about here, yet how are we going to get to sacred anarchy if we are not taking personal responsibility and being respectful and courteous that there are other individuals sharing the same and occupying the same places, right? Going to the grocery store, um, being respectful on the road. I mean, these are very basic things, but to take personal responsibility um, is a pretty big conversation. So that's what we've decided to dedicate uh, this episode towards. And we're going to be using some great thinkers to share some other insights. So let's go ahead and get into our talk today. Here we go. Responsibility is a lot of responsibility. Yes, it is. <laughs> you want to read that yes. quote? Oh, uh, the evasion of responsibility is the major cause of most people's frustrations and defeats. Pretty much. Uh, responsibility Etymology, breaking down uh, responsible adjective comes from the Latin response, meaning to answer, to answer to or promise in return, to pledge or an obligation. And iti from the Latin itatum, making abstract nouns from adjectives. So it's the condition or quality of being blank. So responsibility is the condition or quality of being responsible, holding up your end of the bargain. And in an anarchic society, uh, anarchist society, uh, the condition or quality of being responsible and holding up the bargain is to yourself. Are you being responsible to oneself so that you can live within a society of other people also holding up their end of the bargain? And, you know, kind of going back here, you know, personal responsibility is also recognizing when you are not correct. You know, it's not about being perfect, but sometimes, you know, if we are not in the correct uh, frame, we don't make the correct action. You know, it's not about punishment. It's not about reprimanding someone for that, but it's also about self-reflection. So how can we take personal responsibility if we are not self-reflective? So this is also about really honoring um, yourself and another by taking the, the, taking the time to ask yourself, could I have done better? You know, now that I see it from someone else's perspective, am I able to see it 
from somebody else's perspective? Am I able to get to a place in my own heart where I can actually, um, you know, quiet my own ego long enough to be able to hear another person's perspective? So I think there's a lot of, um, gray areas here where it's like, yeah, you know, I can return a cart, but can I apologize for something that I might've said that was abusive? Uh, we kind of think that just because, you know, someone else got their feelings hurt, that there's no responsibility there. And I think this is where we start to uh, touch upon the spiritual uh, faculties, not just the physical ones, you know, physically, yes, putting the cart back in the grocery store, but then also having the mindfulness to be able to see that uh, we're not perfect and it's not about being perfect. It's not always about being right and wrong either. It's about coexisting within a civilized civilization. And the way that we do that is for uh, personal acknowledgement and self-reflection. Yeah, in the macro sense of anarchy for a whole society to exist without rulers and people constantly keeping them in line, you know, with threats of, you know, fines or imprisonment, um, everyone does need to keep each other in line. And that's how the society would create itself. You would see someone, you know, making a, a honest mistake or doing something that, that isn't uh, beneficial to the whole or to that person probably. And so you correct him. And so that person would have to have the humility to say, right. Uh, I was wrong. I did not know that I will, I will now have better behavior and follow through. Well, and that kind of brings us to like the standard of the kind of civilization that you want to exist in. You know, I, I think we, because the punishment for being rude or psychically attacking or writing a nasty email is not uh, finable or for imprisonment or uh, punishable by law, that that's somehow uh, not important. But if you ask yourself, what is the quality and what is the standard in which I would like to live in, that I would like to live in a world that uh, has this high of standards. And this is how communities and, uh, you know, streets and um, cities and countries, how they can uphold high standards so that the community doesn't drop down, but is always encouraging it to rise. Yeah, I mean, imagine, uh, it's hard to imagine a world without you know, streets full of police officers and courts and, uh, you know, judiciary um, uh, elements like keeping you in line and imprisoning you. But, you know, it, it hasn't always been like that in human civilization. You know, there was a point not that long ago, even in the United States, where if your neighbor pissed you off and did something, you had to actually work it out with your neighbor. You didn't. You didn't call the police mm. to go to the house next door to reprimand them for whatever thing you could have probably done yourself. Like, you know, you, you, 
you go to you got to go to their next door. You got to go to their house. You got to knock on the door and say like, hey, can you take uh, can you take this thing of yours off my property? <laughs> can you can you move your car because you're blocking mm-hmm. my car? I mean, it's it's pretty well, simple. And so there's maybe the first pillar we're seeing here is communication. <laughs> if we want to live in a civilized uh, society uh, that is based on consciousness as it's primary uh, foundation, then we're going to have to learn how to communicate. And isn't it ironic that the the portals of communication are so expansive right now, but yet the communication could even be said to be the worst that now than ever, uh, you know, a text here, uh, you know, I can remember having a really odd conversation with my neighbor in Nashville, and it was so nasty on her end that it was a little perplexing. It's like, uh, we live next to each other. Are we sure we sure you want to come at it from this perspective? So again, it's like, what kind of world do you want to live in? What is the quality of standards that you want to live in? And that should be the beginning of, you know, answering the question, well, what is the right thing? Well, maybe the question before you ask that is, what is the standard of quality of living that I would like to live in? So therefore, the right thing is is congruent to the answer to that question. Let's uh, talk about a couple different ways one needs to be responsible to themselves. All right. <laughs> Pretty basic again, but physical, you know, your physical health, you know, how you treat your body. Yeah, it isn't up it isn't up to for someone else to tell you how you need to treat yourself like you need to learn how to take care of yourself it's, it's eating the up. right foods you know and that is already being so compromised you know it's it's harder now than ever to make sure that you are getting a whole foods diet you know so this is even more reason to take even more precautions more um more research more effort to understand like how can i take better care of myself in a society that has you know added so much toxicity to every bite that goes into our mouth pretty much at the air we breathe so we're going to have to be even more um uh precautious of the things that we're consuming and this also includes yeah are, uh, are you uh <laughs> are you are you physically fit enough to walk around the grocery store or do you need to have one of the electric carts because we've had one too many McDonald's, you know, Big Macs, cheeseburgers? It's just very vital that we start to take a good hard look in the mirror. And I'm not talking about body shame or anything like that. I'm talking about, you know, am I contributing to the type of civilization that I want to exist in or am I adding to the problem? And the first place to look is at the person in the mirror. How am I taking care of myself? And this physical attribute um, is part of being part of nature. You know, if we're going to live in a conscious society, then we have to adopt the principles of nature. That means that getting outside and understanding and started observing how does nature, how has nature existed for as long as it has? Because there is, you know, these, um, these pillars, if you will, in which these principles in which they abide by. So this is where we start to say, you know, 
you know, you are what you eat. You know, are you eating processed toxic food because you are then that toxic processed food? If you are doing your best to eat healthily, get the nutrients and minerals and vitamins that your body needs, then you become the personification of those vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. Yeah, I think that a lot of that goes uh, falls under the pharmaceutical industry as well as your mm. physical, mental, and emotional health um, dependent upon a psychoactive drug or a you know pain relief medication or, or something that if it's not absolutely necessary to your health, like you know. So the actions, you know, we 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 make choices every day. When we get up in the morning, what time we get up, what is the first thing we do? Do we make our bed? Do we brush our teeth? Like all of these actions, these little personal actions that we take, they lead up to a bigger result. And so every day is another opportunity, another moment in time for us to be the change that we want to see in the world. It's not just some, you know, new agey, uh, quote here you know this is gandhi (laughs) and back to the just the personal aspect of it it's it's up to you to do this like you can't pass the buck for someone else to do this for you like you have to do the 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 right thing personally like there isn't um you know a governing body that really is going to take care of you there isn't really one now there isn't you know there's nobody that cares for your health you know so if you're not going to do it no one else is going to do it. And we've got livelihood here. You know, this is what your, how you make money, your career. Yeah. Your, your impact through, through your, your work. Uh, how, what is that impact on the greater scope of things? Are you, you know, uh, are you in what you're doing causing harm? And it doesn't even have to be, are you personally causing harm but is the organization that you're doing say a menial task for administrative you know you're you're uh doing data entry but the organization that is employing you is is causing harm to you know humans or the planet right is the Is the corporation that you are putting your labor, your efforts into, is it for the demise? Is it raising the quality of the civilization you want to live in or is it to its demise? And, you know, again, this isn't about judgment. These are questions to start asking ourselves, because when you start asking the right questions, you start getting different answers and those different answers start to call in different opportunities. So if you never ask the question, then you're always going to get the same result. But if you start asking better questions, you're going to start being uh, shown new opportunities, you know, and this is how we start to get into discovering that purpose, you know, and that's something that unfolds the more that you take this, this step in personal responsibility. And move on to mental, mental responsibility. You know, first off, the your thoughts. You know, the universe is mental. Your your thoughts that you think. Um, first, I, you know, ponder are the thoughts that you think your own. Are they? You know, are you are you really digging into the information that that's swimming around in your head? 
are you are you are you finding yourself repeating a headline or a a constant like rotating slide on social media or god forbid a network news you yeah. know topic of conversation that moves right into information consumed thoughts are things and when you understand that it's the thoughts that are uh helping to create or tear apart uh our world then you start to think how powerful this concept of thoughts are and so thoughts uh are really uh these these beings if you will if you really want to take it to a more spiritual perspective that you uh are not creating these thoughts you are creating the right environment for the type of thoughts you want to have. And I think if you can look at it from that perspective, right, going back to the physical part of, of personal responsibility, like your health, right, the actions and inactions that you're taking, um, what do you do first thing in the morning? Uh, are you one with nature? You're creating the right environment for a different set of thoughts, a new clique of friends, if you will. So instead of being a victim to thoughts, you're going to now create the right environment so that that is more in alignment with the civilization that you want to live within. So this is why your information that you're consuming is vital. You have to be very careful, uh, especially these days when we're, we're all walking around with screens in our, in our pockets and constantly looking at uh, social media, just regardless of the platform, the um, well-documented that the uh, programmers and designers of social media platforms knew that they could get more uh, action, more more viewers uh, on their platforms by purposely polarizing people and, and mm. putting polarizing content in front of your face to cause more engagement. So when you see um, topics or, or, you know, sponsored posts of, of uh, topics that, that catch you off guard and, and sway you in a, in one way or another, that you have to recognize that this is purposely a, a triggered topic to keep you in a polarized state of mind where you're, you know, Usually it's just anger, but I mean, it's same, same, it's the dialectic that just continues to, to keep us divided. Right. That information is keeping us in that duality perspective, right? We start to become very judgmental when duality shows up, you know, that's good. That's bad. He's right. She's wrong. Oh, the liberals, this, yeah. or the conservative, that Left, it becomes right. very judgmental. So you're playing this little ping pong game that has been intentionally impregnating your mind. So the information that you consumed, is it creating the environment for the ping pong of thoughts that are going to bounce around in your mind? Or are you consuming information that gets you to think? It gets you to think for yourself. It gets you to hear your own voice. It gets you to uh, question things, things that maybe you haven't even considered before. So, I mean, I like to think that this, you know, live cast that we're doing is an, uh, is hopefully going to over time, like 
change the environment, uh, improve the quality of the environment in which we all think, right? So our goal here is to really create the world that we want to live in. And so by having different conversations, right, the kinds of conversations that we want to have and in inviting those, you know, I think that's another thing where, you know, from a mental perspective, like you get to decide what you want to talk about. Sometimes we kind of, and, you know, we forget that just because the conversation that is being had isn't what you want to talk about. There's no reason why you cannot interject and start bringing that conversation to something you want to talk about. And then you will know if the people uh, that you are conversing with um, are in alignment with the civilization you want to create. And then you will decide, well, this is probably not the environment that I want to remain in because it's not aligned with one, the thing I want to talk about and the world, the type of work uh, world I want to live in. And we go to healing with trauma. Yeah. So, um, another huge, um, part of our, you know, personal mental responsibility is, is healing the trauma that we've experienced um, from birth, you know, those, the, um, you know, uh, traumatic childhood, the um, uh, abusive parent, the smothering parent, the devouring mother, the, the, thoughts that you were forced to think at a young age, the people that tried to sculpt you uh, into being um, something that, that you weren't because you, you, know, you were just experiencing the, the world for the first time. Like um, these all wear on every individual. No one's had, had a perfect, you know, launch into humanity. So recognizing once you've reached adulthood, recognizing these traumas and how they're spilling out onto others around you, why your your personal relationships are are failing, why your uh, you're uh, passing through employers, you you have creative blocks, whatever it may be, it's it's it has to be dealt with head on. However, whether you need help, you know, with with finding that um uh what the root of that trauma is um very important it's been a, a lifelong task of mine to to chip away at the um the the crust of of uh mental traumas that i've experienced from from you know mostly my you know first 10 to 15 years on the planet um but it's it's essential because it will bleed into every other part of your your life and society as a whole and this to me is where we you have to recognize that healing in general requires courage uh it's not a quick fix solution you know healing is a verb it's ongoing it's an action and so healing in should be a priority if you truly want to live in a conscious society 
specifically on self-rulership, that means you're going to have to put in the, the effort to heal, you know, to be courageous enough to look at how you contributed, but also how you were, uh, how you were wounded and what, where did you stuff those feelings? Where did you put those uh, mental memories and being brave enough to dig them up and to explore them and to heal them? And this is where, you know, I think this is where a lot of triggering happens because healing is much harder than taking two pills and call me in the morning. You know, this is, you're going to have to peel an onion and it's going to get hard and you're going to want to stop. And then you're going to remind yourself of this conversation and saying, but this is the type of world I world I want to live in is where we heal from trauma. And I think if we can constantly come back to that perspective and know that you're not alone in that healing, that is a collective healing, you're contributing to a collective healing process that is your great work. That is your contribution to what we are doing together here on planet earth. The under the next, you know, segue straight to the the next topic of responsibility, emotional. um, If your mental health isn't well, then most likely your emotional health isn't well as is uh either you're um you know having a uh, a balanced emotion emotional state is uh, essential to get through all of these other things we've we've discussed thus far that you know if you can't uh communicate properly you you're you know you're you're going to be uh, upset all the time because you, you don't, mm. you know, take the time to listen to what others have to say. You, you just want to push your way through uh, a situation and that's going to lead to, um, emotional, you know, outbursts, um, regretful yeah, <laughs> words, yeah, regretful words, like, you know, um, Definitely at this stage of my life, I've said things I've regretted and could never take that back from uh, from those moments and had to, you know, ride the wave of of the aftermath. And yeah, and forgiving yourself and forgiving others. I think that fits right in here of having the emotional intelligence to know that uh We've all experienced the wrath of someone and someone potentially has experienced our own wrath. So there is a lot of forgiveness that happens on this healing journey, uh, emotional healing and self-awareness, right? Self-awareness is how we can become more emotionally intelligent. And, you know, if you think about the word intelligence, this is the balance between masculine and feminine. So we have been also programmed to think that intelligence is IQ and it's masculine and it's memorization and all this, but actually intelligence is intellect and gents, which is that feminine component. So when you think about emotional intelligence, it is about that balance of those, of those two poles. So it's okay to be vulnerable, right? To receive, to ask for help 
right? That's that feminine. And then to be able to um, be strong, right? To be emotionally strong, but inner strong, you know, to be uh, respectful. You know, we think about masculine sometimes is like, is very direct and harsh, but actually a, a healed masculine energy is very loving. Um, and I think that also is a stigma that needs to be uh, looked at in the collective. Not a great way to get on track with a balanced emotional um, you know, sense of self is living with purpose, doing things that mm. give you a um a sense of you know personal satisfaction um on a daily basis, you know, whatever that may be, um uh creating art, reading books, mm. uh doing things in the community, uh, taking care of animals, <laughs> I mean, you know, gardening, <laughs> yeah. whatever it may be. All beautiful examples of working with that emotional part of ourself, connecting, connection, you know, having friendships and relationships in general where it, you feel safe to be emotional. You feel safe to share your feelings, your thoughts, your innermost thoughts. You know, who you surround yourself with is going to show you where you are in your emotional healing. Um, and who you surround yourself with is one of the bigger pillars, I would say, of getting sacred anarchy to where it is possible in humanity is to start um, being in the, uh, looking for the right community. You know, even if it just starts out with one or two of you while you, you know, meet on the weekends or something, but starting the, that emotional connection, not just, we all like soccer and we go play soccer, but actually having these, you know, going for coffee and talking and, and having like real connection yeah, taking um, it to a deeper level. Mm -hmm, that's so healing it's so vital and uh, you'll see a dramatic change in your in your life so so all of these uh if not kept in check can lead to this next beautiful word i discovered this week um researching this topic if i can pronounce it correctly hypengyophobia <laughs> the fear of responsibility uh, from the Greek hypengaios, hy, hy, which means responsible, and phobos meaning fear. Uh, mm. It's an overwhelming and irrational fear of responsibility. A person with this phobia could be neglecting all responsibilities, including at the expense of others. Typically, they're self-indulgent and will actively blame others for their failures. Mm. I mean, I feel like this yeah, for the you know, most part of society is, I don't know if it, everyone has a fear of responsibility, but it's very obvious nobody wants to take responsibility. Mm. It's it's uh, ingrained in us to pass the uh, pass responsibility on to mom or dad at a young age. And then uh, the then it's the teacher's issue or the principal, and then it's your employer or it's you know, you get in a certain pay, uh, place, it's, you know, the government's problem. Everyone's sitting around waiting for the government to fix uh, the the issue in the world, you know. 
which is laughable, you know, now it's the the government needs to fix the planet. Somehow the, the government, mm -hmm. a collective body of, you know, a million people uh, are going to fix a, you know, five billion year old planet. It's, uh, it's laughable. You know, the, you know, the word fear, you know, is very much enveloped in the ego. This is all the lower self, uh, the lower faculties. It doesn't mean that we don't need the lower faculties. We absolutely do. But we have to remember, we also have the higher faculties. So when we see the word fear, you know, what are you afraid of? What is, what is stricken you with fear? Uh, going back to that concept of healing is courageous. Uh, the the ego, as I'm sure many of you guys know, the ego wants to keep you safe and secure. Well, because safe and secure is not actually the correct language. It wants to keep you comfortable, or at least it doesn't want to uh, endure the unknown. So if you think about this concept of the fear of responsibility, it's like, it's an unknown it's so unfamiliar. I don't know how the world will be if I decided to finally take responsibility. You know, it's it's a kind of an oxymoron when you really think about uh, fears in general. It's like if I do this thing, then I don't know what's going to happen. But I don't actually like love what is happening currently. But the unknown, you know, is the uh, the the wall that keeps us from seeing what is on the other side so you know if fear shows up you know this is the opportunity to really ask this question of if i don't look at it what will happen instead of if i don't look at it nothing will happen because we already know that's not true move on to the Got some quotes here. The, the quote segment. Most people do not really want freedom because freedom involves responsibility. And most people are frightened of responsibility. Sigmund Freud. Who was he? <laughs> so the the master of the the human uh intellect and psychology. I mean, I, I see that. I see. Why are they so frightened? Why do you think that they're so frightened? Um, perhaps. The, I, I I think they're. I don't know if they're frightened. I think they're just lazy. I think they're they're lazy to to do the work to mm. to. Uh, that goes along with, with freedom. But maybe that's so maybe the laziness really is the frightenedness because laziness doesn't want to look and do work because and that work that is required is deep shadow work. And that is scary to a lot of people, you know, looking at the unconscious waters, you know, in digging into the abyss of the unintegrated parts of ourself and then having to face those things. And I think this is where another stigma comes up, where if I look at this deep, dark part of myself, uh, it's going to be too scary. But if you ask a lot of people who have gone through the, the deep, shadowy waters of the unconscious and really have healed themselves, you will 
find, and maybe this is an opportunity to start asking around, but you will find that it actually was the mind that made it scary, but the actual like love and care for self that comes from it is actually such a beautiful rite of passage that if you think about what healing is, it is integrating the heart into the matters, you know? So the more lazy we are, the the less connected to the heart we are. Makes sense. Person may cause evil to others, not only by his actions, but by his inaction. And mm-hmm. in either case, he is justly accountable to them for the injury. Wow. So by not taking part in the responsibility of our collective existence uh, and passing it off onto another being to rule over us, you're actually causing all the ills in the world. Mm. So inaction is action. In a way, yeah. Yeah. It's it's gonna it's gonna fall back on you one way or another and everyone else around you. And then we get to the point now where if nobody takes any responsibility, we just go and point fingers at the government to do something about it. But the government has, you know, is not a savior. Yeah, it's not there to fix anything it's it's there to exist and justify its own existence many cases where the government creates more problems on purpose to give themselves an excuse to exist to, right to get bigger you know, and just, we are give, giving them permission to do that yeah. by not by not taking personal responsibility if we took personal responsibility and held higher standards for the kind of world we want to live in what's what kind of job do, do they have you know it's kind of like well if we don't need somebody to put away the the shopping cart then i guess we're gonna have to let that guy go because everybody's putting their shopping cart back well the constant argument that we need to fund schools better we need more money for the schools to to teach the children, you know, how's that working out for us? American schools are, are, uh, funded at a much larger extent than anywhere else in the world. And they just produce failure after failure. No one wants to take responsibility for their, their own children's education. And I guess we, we get a little lazy, um, in taking that to the next level of, of being very more active uh, in our communities, in our families, in our friendships, of having uh, a more uh, connective experience with the people that we say we care about. And so, you know, to share information, to have conversations about what people are learning, this is an act of care. 
And when you start to find out that, you know, the people that you care about have been getting information that has, you know, been poisoning their world worldview or uh, created um, inaction in someone's life that is, you know, leading them towards drugs or whatever the, the situation is, whether it's from a child or a grown up, it's like this, these, this is why communication on all accounts is going to reveal the information and the so-called knowledge that is being shared amongst people and why the thought process and the inactions are a result of that information. So again, it goes back to the environment in which we create for ourselves, And if we are uh, creating an environment to believe uh, false truths, uh, to fallacies, then we're going to see the result of that. Um, and if we don't correct those conversations, we're going to see a lot more laziness and a lot more inaction and a lot less freedom. Sounds awful. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh no. I'm not much, but I'm all I have. Mm. Honest quote from Philip K. Dick, amazing author. Um, so this is a quote of a person who's taking on full self-ownership. He's not making any excuses as to where he's at or who he is or what his limitations are. He's you know, taking on the entire burden of his, his existence on the planet mm. and moving forward. That's right. You know, a comparison is completely unnecessary. You know, when you know that you came here on your own personal journey and to compare it to somebody else's is literally apples and roast beef. It's totally different. So knowing that what you came here to do and the work that you you came here to work on you know is incomparable but you but you have to get started and it should be something that you want to do you know it shouldn't be something you're trying to look away from it should be something i want to know more about myself i want to heal these areas cuz i want to see how far i can take this i want to see how i can make a change in my own physical world, but also in my spiritual and also in the collective. So this is where, you know, if people feel they are disempowered or they don't have any, uh, how can they be, how can they make any changes? And this is where, again, the person in the mirror is where all of the great work is done. Yeah, well, how can they not make any of the changes? You no, know, no one's going to swoop in and, and, make the life you think you deserve to have or mm. whatever that may be like it's it's all up to us as individuals to create ourselves and shoulder the burden of that which we've already created you know we're living out our consequence consequences today of our decisions from you know days before so you want to be the change in the world you have to be the change in your own world yeah your own self that's right that is so true. William Butler Yates, uh, 
one of the members of the Order of the Golden Dawn says, in dreams begin responsibilities. Hmm. Let's explore this. We've got to be able to dream. We've got to be able to activate our imagination. What do you want? What do you want for yourself? You know, have you written it down? Have you daydreamed about it? Have you talked to a friend about it? In dreams begin responsibilities. It's like your responsibility begins the moment you have a desire that you would like to fulfill, right? So if you're not thinking about the things that you would like to see change, then you're not dreaming. And dreams are an opportunity to see, okay, so I finally figured it out. I dreamt this. This is what I see for myself. It, you know, it's might not be much right this moment, but it's where I want to begin the journey. And I think if you can start with that imagination, you know, responsibility is going to show up because now you've got a starting ground. You've got like, where would we start with personal responsibility? Let's start in our dreams. I love it. Words of Aerosmith, dream on. <laughs> All right. Ayn Rand, learn to distinguish the difference between errors of knowledge and breaches of morality. An error of knowledge is not a moral flaw, provided you are willing to correct it. Only a mystic would judge human beings by the standard of an impossible automatic omniscience. But a breach of morality is the conscious choice of an action you know to be evil or a willful evasion of knowledge, a suspension of sight and of thought. That which you do not know is not a moral charge against you, but that which you refuse to know is an account of infamy growing in your soul. Make every allowance for errors of knowledge. Do not forgive or accept any break of morality. This is such a powerful uh, concept here. Uh, going back to, you know, morality of what is right and wrong, but again, making mistakes doesn't mean that it was immoral. And I think understanding the difference of what she's saying here between knowledge uh, errors of knowledge and breaches of morality. What a powerful quote. It's like the, the difference between nescience mm. and ignorance. You know, nescience is the things that you aren't able to know. It's information that's out of your grasp at that moment, whereas ignorance is you refusing to uh, take on not the information you you have every possible way of of finding out the information but yet you choose mm. not to I'm turning a blind eye i don't want to know what is going on in the world because then i have to take responsibility for my part of it and that's being immoral that's... if you're personally turning your blind eye to something that you know you can help to improve through your own personal responsibility, then is this a question of your own morality? Indeed it is. You know, the, the sad fact that 
uh, hundred million people tune in to watch the Super Bowl, but you know, a a, a YouTube video of a um, a brilliant you know thinker discussing issues with this current you know system of realities gets forty views. You know, that's the sad sad state of affairs. What is important to you? You know, that's what, where people are spending their time and effort is what they decide is important to them. And until our values raise in standards, then we will not see the rise in consciousness and we will definitely not see the type of change that we, we say we want to see in the world, but saying and taking personal responsibility to achieve are completely two separate things. You know, what's the saying? Like, you know, you can talk all day long, but if you're not doing any action, nothing's going to, nothing's going to happen. Proof is in the pudding. Mm -hmm. Jello pudding. We got to, this is where communication comes into play. You know, you know, do you want to have deeper conversations because as soon as you decide that I don't want to just talk about who won the Super Bowl or what the halftime show was like or how satanic it was or whatever the <laughs> thing was that conversation is going to go in a circle but if you have a conversation that is actually about gosh like wh why is this television uh, sport so important to me you know, what is that doing for my spirit? What is that doing for anything? You know, and I think, you know, we have been trained to like, oh, but I need downtime. I've just, you know, that's my time to just rest. And it's like, but then you ask yourself, well, what do you need rest from? You don't like your job. You don't like your life. What do you need a break from? What if you didn't need a break from your life? What then? What is an anarchist? What is an anarchist? One who choosing accepts the responsibility of choice. Wow. Ursula K. Le Guin. Yeah, ultimately, it's, it's, it's up to you. Are you going to take, are you going to take on the responsibility of having a choice? Mm. Like if I, give you a, an option to um, you can take the, a, a trip to New York city or option B, you could take any trip you want. Do you want to go to New York city or do you want to go anywhere else you want? Which would also could be New York city, but you're choosing to be able to take, you know, any desk go to any destination you want choice we have so many choices that we can make to create a life we want to create a world we want and it starts every single morning when you open the, your eyes and those choices while it may seem small in the moment they add up to very big decisions and that is where this process of change is in those little steps. 
those little choices that we think are no big deal. Oh, I didn't make my bed. That's no big deal. But it's in those little things that eventually those become decisions and the decisions become the results that we see in our life. So if we want to start this process of of truly having a conscious society, those little choices, start noticing them now. The ones that you thought were no big deal, you know, look at them a little closer, see the fine details, see the importance of that small task. You know, I saw a terrible meme recently where it was kind of like, it was trying to sound noble, but it was actually very insulting about this. I kind of wish we had it, but uh, it was like a, 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 a mother and their son and another mother and a son. And then there was like a garbage man. And the one mother and this was telling the son like, oh, make sure you go to college so you don't end up like the garbage man. And then the other mom and child was like, make sure you go to college so you can make a better life for the garbage man. But both of them were talking down about the garbage man, thinking that his role is lesser of importance than their role. And this is where we get into that, you know, division and that, um, you know, hierarchy, you know, uh, concept. If we start seeing people as above us and below us and all this other stuff, then we've already failed at our anarchy because it's a hallarchy system where everybody does their part. So all those little decisions that you make, that's your contribution. And those are choices. It is wrong and immoral to seek to escape the consequences of one's acts. Mahatma Gandhi. Mm-hmm. It is wrong and immoral to seek to escape the consequences of one's acts. So all that, you know, first thing that comes to mind is forgiveness, you know, forgiving yourself and forgiving others, you know, if we don't do that, there's going to be consequences. And all of those decisions, you know, we can start to personally um, judge ourselves. You know, we are our own administrator, administrator. We are our own ruler. So we should be judging ourselves. Wow. Was that wrong? Should I not have said that? Like, well, I need to check myself. Do I have an attitude problem? I think I do. You know, did I make a mistake? You know, and sometimes you don't have the opportunity to go and make it right with somebody. Um, you'll never see them again or whatever the situation was, but now you're stuck with maybe even a harder task. Have you got to forgive yourself? Sometimes the hardest person to forgive is the person in the mirror. I'll take the cynical road on this, this quote and that, you know, people that uh, intentionally know what they're going to do, you know, the actions that they're going to take are going to require, are going to have negative consequences upon the other people around them that get involved in um, uh, a financial um, arrangement to which benefits them personally, but, you know, full welling, no full, full well knowing that the, the, the consequences of their investment mm. is 
is going to you know wipe out a, a neighborhood of 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 uh, homes of people that live there for generations or um all to have their fifth house yeah. and fifth investment property exactly i mean it brings up a good point of how much is enough you know how much is enough we have created a culture where more is more we've and- allowed the the culture to be created around us through our inaction. And then it becomes, you know, valued our value, our standards of value are whoever has the most is the best. And so these, you know, it creates idolatry. It creates, you know, idols and without looking at the repercussions and consequences that come from the actual creation of this more is more, um, all, you know, all for me uh, attitude. And this is not a hierarchy. That's the antithesis. You know, when you start to realize that what is enough, you know, when is it enough for you? And then you have to ask yourself, why do we need all that we've been striving for? Are we trying to mask something inside? Are we trying to fill a void? Or do we really need all of that? And this is not to get into, this is not about scarcity. This is about living harmoniously within nature's principles, within amongst each other. And you start to realize that the values that you've placed in your life are not congruent with what you said the the world you wanted to live in because it's it's just completely incongruent you know incongruency is another principle of personal responsibility are you congruent do you say you want one thing and do another your actions right am i going to invest in this company because it's going to make me millions at the cost of what? At the cost of the holarchy? At the cost of living in a in a beautiful, healthy world of healthy people? At what expense is it worth it? I, I just think of um, you know members of government worldwide that are constantly taking um, you know donors, donor class dollars, um, corporate corporate dollars to push and pave the way for you know unspeakable unspeakable wrongs to be put uh into everyone's society worldwide completely immoral individuals another Ayn Rand quote Men who reject the responsibility of thought and reason can only exist as parasites on the thinkings of others. Wow. So did the there's that word reason. Is it reasonable? Do you need all of that? So it becomes parasitic. You know, you think about physically what a parasite is. It comes in and you know takes over your uh, intestines, right. And your digestive tract and it creates havoc. So then you keep feeding it. It gets bigger and bigger until you've got a serious crisis on your hand. And it's really no different than what we're speaking of here. Yeah. You, uh, see this, um, 
all over the society uh, proliferation of propaganda you know how many people you know after donald trump was you know president and even before like just uh repeating the same rhetoric of you know build the wall and you know uh uh you you know america first or uh you know uh any other news anchor pushing, you know, whatever hot point agenda is that at that point, you know, we, we see people repeating it in, in droves, millions marching down the street, repeating the same, the same rhetoric. They're all mental parasites that they have no thoughts of their own. It's, uh, it's frightening to see, you know, it reminds me of the, um, you know, people and soldiers of, of Nazi Germany just, just uh, excitedly, like, repeating, like, the words of Adolf Hitler. It's psychotic. You know, reason is a skill. You know, it has to do with critical thinking, which is basically philosophy 101. When you can develop a sense of reason where you really start to look at things from both sides, all angles, and you start to uh, ask the question why a lot, right? You guys have heard of the why ladder. We do that in the Sophia Rising Leadership Training. Why, why, why? You know, you reason is, is a mental skill. And if we're not flexing that muscle, we will lose it. And it's imperative to the... Uh, the survival of our species. Nietzsche, freedom is the will to be responsible for ourselves. Absolutely. If we say we want freedom, we want sovereignty, we want to experience, you know, our children to experience um, the beauty of this world. We want to truly wake up and not feel tied to the begrudging job or the, the unhealthy relationship. You know, we've got to take responsibility and that is truly courageous and a personal journey. Yeah. True, true freedom, not political freedom, not freedom granted to us um, from a governing body, but you know, true limitless individual freedom will that should be a capital w <laughs> true divine will not willpower i'll try to have responsibility right it's will you're going to will it into existence this is about inner strength all right so Lots to chew on, you guys. This is a pretty, uh, it's a beautiful topic. It's a heavy one. Lots of questions to maybe sit with, to dream on. Um, 
and how to begin your journey with personal responsibility. I think many of you guys who are listening have already started there, but there is tons of resources, free resources, but also uh, extensive training programs, healing modalities. I mean, there's so much on the website. If you haven't joined us uh, on the website at sacredanarchy.org, I do post all of the replays of this specific live cast in addition to other teachings all on the blog. Um, but again, check out the offerings. Uh, some of the most popular places to begin your journey uh, might be the Rise of Sophia Library that is open currently. We do only open the doors a few times a year. So this might be the time to kind of trade in your Netflix for a new library filled with hundreds and hundreds of hours of learning. Um, that's going to start to percolate new ideas. There's a lot of history, uh, new history, things that you probably haven't heard before. Lots of research that has gone into that tons of occult resources. So the Rise of Sophia Library. Um, and also for those of you guys who are more committed uh, to kind of getting started on a more personal journey, uh, I do have a program called the Mythic City Healing Modality. I do have a spot available for March. So you might want to check that out as well if you're looking for more of like a one-to-one -one, um, uh, in your healing efforts. I'd absolutely love to support you. So any final words, Chad? Agape, fine people. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. We're looking forward to getting uh, our next episode to you next week. Uh, be sure that you have registered to receive the reminders. Uh, and don't forget to join our Telegram group. If you missed any portion of this episode, as I mentioned before, all of our episodes are archived on our website, but also on BitChute and Rumble. And you can find us at Sacred Anarchy.